Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Stand up for God's sake and help prevent this concerted effort to undermine our election and the sacred right to vote. He's chastising us for making it easy to vote, but hard to cheat. Excessive heat warning. Several more days of triple-digit temperatures. The world needs to know what's going on in Cuba. They're shooting people that literally are unarmed. This is genocide. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right. Yes, back in the saddle. Um, Before we get to uh, the news stories, which are many, yes, I I need to brag a little bit. Uh, Baseball has become um, an integral part of my life because of my two grandsons. Uh, they were both playing in tournaments over the last uh, weekend, last few days. And uh, listen, congratulations to both of them, uh, Tanner Davis and Camden Davis, but more so congratulations to the teams they played on. Uh, Camden's a member of the 2021 Greenville North State uh, 11U All-Star team. They went up to uh, Winston-Salem over the weekend and won the state title up there. Uh, congratulations to all the teams, the coaches, Mark Hill, Ryan Deloche, uh, Aaron Givens, the um, the players, Holton Dickens, Miller Stanley, Maddox Stanley, Camden Davis, Luke Congleton, Jackson Modlin, uh, Corbin Kendrick, Bryson Dilday, Cameron Gooding, Davis Whitley, Logan Collins, Andrew Havakis, and uh, Ryan Albritton. Brian uh, Weingartz of the Greenville Little League said it quite well eloquently last night after they won the state title. They had to win two games last night. Uh, They were in the loser's bracket in the district, uh, and then they ended up in the loser's bracket in the state and won both the district and the state. They are the ultimate comeback kids. Brian Weingartz wrote, The North State 9-11-year-old All-Star team has won the North Carolina State Championship. Tonight they swept two games from Myers Park, Trinity Little League. They won the first game by a score of 8-5 to five and won the second game by a score of 10-5. to five. These two wins complete two amazing runs through the loser's bracket of both the District 4 tournament and the North Carolina State tournament. Clearly, this is one of the most resi- resilient teams that Greenville Little League has ever fielded. This is the 26th North Carolina State Championship for Greenville Little League overall and the 7th for the North Carolina State League. This is the 6th 9-11 state championship for Greenville Little League as both North State and Tar Heels have each won three. Congratulations to all the players, the coaching staff, the families all involved with this team. This postseason run will soon not, will not soon be forgotten. Also, want to congrats the Greenville Tar Heel 12U All-Stars. They are down in Charlotte. They came from behind last night to beat Lake Norman 11-10. That went eight innings. That was a come-from-behind win. Now, if they win the state title, they will go on to Warner Robins, Georgia, for the regional playoffs. Then they will, if they win that, they would. Uh, and we're not counting our eggs before they hatch. But if they were to win that, they would uh, make it up to uh, Williamsport to the uh, to the big game that ES- ESPN covers tonight. Lake Norman plays Winston Salem. The winner of that game plays the Tar Heel team tomorrow night for the state championship for the twelve-year-olds. Tar Heel has a loss to give. They have not lost yet in the state uh, games, so it's a double elimination. So whoever wins tonight would have to win twice tomorrow night. 
So I would say the Tar Heel team is in uh, pretty good shape. So congratulations to uh, all the teams. Uh, boy, if you if you live in eastern North Carolina, you lot of, you got to love baseball. And you know what? You, you ought to be proud, that not only that they're good ball players, but the compliments to the demeanor of the kids that played up in Winston-Salem, it was it would make you proud. It would make you proud to be from Eastern North Carolina just to hear the compliments. Not, I mean, they, yeah, they played baseball very well, but the compliments toward their character was, uh, that really made you smile. So congratulations to all the teams. You got to love baseball if you're in Eastern North Carolina. WITN News is reporting a federal lawsuit is expected to be announced, uh, was expected to be announced earlier today surrounding the shooting death of the Elizabeth City man by uh, deputies in April. National Civil Rights Attorneys Ben Crump, Harry Daniels, Bakari Sellers were in Elizabeth City to share news of that filing earlier today, the death of Andrew Brown Jr., and uh, race baiter extraordinaire Wee Willie Barber, who, of course, was in attendance there. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. Uh, the suit is asking for $30 million in compensatory and punitive damage. Uh, Brown was shot and killed by Pasquotank County deputies on April 21st as they were serving search warrants uh, and arrest warrants related to his drug dealings. The shooting was recorded on deputies' body cameras and showed that Brown was attempting to elude arrest by fleeing in his car. He used his automobile as a weapon, nearly running over deputies. Well, in fact, he did hit a deputy. Pasquotank County District Attorney Andrew Womble reviewed the footage and declined to change the deputies, um, charge the deputies, I should say, in the case saying the shooting was justified. Womble said that Brown struck a deputy with his car and nearly ran over him while ignoring commands to show his hands and get out of the vehicle. Uh, Brown family attorney Ch- uh, Chantel Lassiter, after viewing the body camera footage in April, described Brown's shooting as an execution. And may we note that... Uh, If this view of the execution is upheld in this lawsuit, Lassiter will surely enjoy the windfall of his percentage of the $30 million. Just saying. (laughs) This is not an unbiased opinion. This is a very biased opinion. Wow. Uh, You know, what's interesting, uh, so, so you have that story. There is another story in my pile here uh, that took place up in Minnesota where, um, hold on, be patient, getting there. Um, Minnesota police, uh, I mean, this is a a different story, but the change of narrative on these stories and again, you know, it has, it has a lot to do with this whole narrative of critical race theory that you, you've got one race that's completely guilty. You've got another race that's completely innocent. Fox News is reporting Minnesota police released body cam video footage taken during a traffic stop with state representative John Thompson that raises questions over his claim. He was pulled over for, quote, driving while black. Why in such a hurry, asked the officer. Thompson, a Democrat, in the video filmed July the 4th, 
and released Tuesday by the St. Paul Police Department, said, I don't think I took off like a bat out of hell. I just drove off, Thompson replies. The officer asked Thompson for proof of insurance in the video, which the politician says he's on his phone and notes that he is a state representative in the district. The officer asked about his Wisconsin driver's license. Now, <laughs> he's in the state house in Minnesota. He's driving with a Wisconsin driver's license. Nah, nothing, nothing really unusual about that. Uh, you're suspended. So the officer goes back to his car, comes back 15 minutes later. You're suspended in Minnesota, the officer says, after returning to Thompson's car. The state legislator shakes his head no, prompting the officer to say, well, that's what the computer says. If it's wrong, you'll have to deal with the Department of Vehicle Services. Thompson has reportedly never held a Minnesota license, according to documents reviewed by local outlets, and the officer cited him for driving with a suspended Wisconsin license. <laughs> His license was suspended in 2019 for failure to pay child support in Ramsey County, Minnesota, according to WCCO. Thompson then asked in the video why he was pulled over, which the officer said was due to his car not having a front plate and the way you took off from the light back there. Quote, I'm too old to run from the police, Thompson said. You profiled me because you looked me dead in the face and I got a ticket for driving while black. You pulled me over because you saw a black face in this car, brother. There's no way in hell I'm taking off with you behind me. He looked in his car and busted a U-turn and got behind my car, and that's the reason. The officer then tells the state representative that the interaction is being recorded on a body cam. I know, but what I'm saying is what you're doing is wrong to black men, and you need to stop that. Thank you very much, but this ticket means nothing to me. <laughs> I guess not. I mean, he drives without insurance. He drives without a valid driver's license. So, yeah, the ticket doesn't mean a whole lot. The body cam footage was released after the St. Paul uh, chief of police, Todd Axtell, demanded an apology for Thompson. He said, these aren't accusations I take lightly. I look into the traffic stop. I watch the body cam camera footage, spoke to the sergeant. Uh, this stop was made at 1.20 in the morning. So, I mean, at 1.20 in the morning, if you are, and, and the officer would have been facing the car at a stoplight, and would you, could you tell at 1.20 in the morning whether the person driving, all you're seeing is a silhouette at that point? Can you tell whether the driver is white or black? Uh, it's, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, the critical race theory is uh, getting a little old. Senator Berger, you know what, let's take a time out. Uh, Senator Berger has introduced legislation today that uh, is very interesting, dealing with the whole issue of critical race theory. And yet it's very cut and dry. It is uh, pretty much common sense legislation, and yet Democrats are opposed to it. We'll talk about that and more when we come back. Stay with us. Back to the show. It really makes you think. He is a genius. He's all powerful. He brought a kind of heat. He could be the best. Just don't hurt yourself, okay? More news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in 520 and uh, taking a look at your weather forecast. It's going to be pretty much as it's been for the last uh, couple of days. Highs are going to be in the low 90s. 
a chance of an afternoon thundershower coming through. Uh, the good news is tonight is going to be a perfect night, an absolutely perfect night with a low around 73, partly cloudy skies, a perfect night to go out and listen to some music on the town common. With us is, uh, once again, Mark Miller from 107.9. He is down at the town common in Greenville and uh, getting ready to kick off with the Embers. Hey, Mark. Hey, what's going on, Tom? Man, this is always a great... I would look forward to this time, this specific performance every year on the Concert on the Common calendar with the Embers featuring Craig Willard. Uh, the the audience has been here since I got here a little bit before wow. 5 o'clock. There's been a, a, a nice crowd that's been developing here because you know when the Embers are coming that a party is coming as well. And yeah, it's hot, but we got we got a couple things going in our favor. Uh, the, the fact that the sun eventually is going to set, if that still happens, uh, also, <laughs> we think it will. I, we'll go out on a limb and say it will. Yeah, yeah it probably. Uh, Junior League of Greenville providing the uh, adult beverages. We got those going on. We got trees. I'm standing under a tree right now, and it still feels fantastic. And uh, listen, when, when the Embers start playing, nothing else is really going to matter because you're going to get lost in a great show. It is a classic band for Eastern North Carolina. Uh, yeah, you, you, you've heard them before because they play at a lot of different places, but it doesn't get in a whole lot better than the Embers. So, uh, hey, it gets underway at 6 o'clock. Is that right? That is correct. Everybody's got a, a great – I feel like you talk to anybody in Eastern North Carolina, they've got a great Embers show memory. Yeah. Like, I mean, even – a couple of years ago, when he got uh, everybody up, like my kids were up there dancing like he's teaching them a funk chicken. It was uh, <laughs> it's just a wonderful memory. They were like, they weren't sure if they were going to go up. They ended up going up and having a great time. And, and that's a really important thing here. As I'm looking around the landscape of the town common, I'm seeing kids with their parents, maybe more than any of the other shows. And this is a, just such a wonderful show for the entire family to enjoy. Bingo. All right. Come on out. Greenville Town Commons, 6 o'clock, Embers on stage, and uh, stop by and say hi to Mark Miller in 107.9. Hey, by the way, Mark, uh, last week you uh, were so kind and you promoted the Greenville All-Star fundraiser, which took place over uh, near the football practice field. Did you hear the news? They they brought home the bacon last night. Yeah. They're amazing. They are absolutely amazing. And and it seems like there are a couple of Greenville teams that that are uh, continuing in their quest. Yeah, well, they won the state last night, and the All-Star from uh, the Tar Heels, 12-year-olds, are uh, they have a bye night tonight, and they will play the winner in the loser bracket uh, that will come out and play them tomorrow night. So they could be going on to one or one. Yeah, Greenville and baseball. Third time in the regional since 2017. We've been following them. We have some, I mean, as my kids have grown up playing baseball, some of these kids we start seeing, we're like, hey, Remember, you played baseball with that kid like four years ago. We played yep. t-ball with that guy. I know that guy. Yep, yep. <laughs> so it's it's, it's awesome. what makes a community. Absolutely. All right, Mark. Hey, listen, we'll see you down at the Embers. Thank you, sir. Sounds Appreciate the call. Good. All right. Uh, by the way, weather and your Embers report brought to you by the Ironwood Golf and Country Club, voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining, an outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Our newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood, pay zero initiation fees. Give them a call, 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville. 252-752-4653. Be a part of the best. So talking about critical race theory, 
Senate leader Phil Berger is calling for a state constitutional amendment for legislation to prevent public schools from indoctrinating students with critical race theory concepts. Now, what's interesting about this, uh, uh, there's been stories out in recent days. One, teachers associations, including the North Carolina Association of Educators, they've come out and said, oh, we're not teaching that. And there are other stories that come out and say, um, we don't care what kind of state laws you pass, we're going to teach it anyway. <laughs> so which, which is it? Now, Phil Berger talks in this uh, press conference he held today about this new legislation to uh, have a constitutional amendment that uh, w- what they are, are saying is that, okay, well, we're not teaching the doctrine or the theology behind critical race theory. But in fact, you might not be doing that, but you're teaching critical race theory. Berger announced uh, today that the Senate will take up legislation that forbids public schools from promoting certain discriminatory concepts, such as that one race or one sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. This bill also bans promoting concepts such as that particular privileges should be ascribed to a race or a sex or that people solely due to their race or sex should feel guilt, anguish, or discomfort. And, and, and if you don't, <laughs> critical race theory proponents say, if you don't feel guilty, that means you are guilty. Just in case you didn't, couldn't, you know, you don't have a program, you can't follow all the details. Uh, if you don't feel discomfort, then you're obviously guilty. Uh, quote, children must learn about our state's racial past and all its ugliness, including the cruelty of slavery to the 1898 William, uh, Wilmington massacre to Jim Crow Burger said at a news conference earlier today, but students must not be forced to adopt an ideology that is separate and distinct from history, an ideology that attacks the very foundations of the liberal order and that promotes present discrimination so long as it's against the right people as anti-racist, Berger said, reading from prepared remarks. Democrats and groups such as the American Civil Liberties Union of North Carolina came out against the legislation. Senator Jay uh, Kathuri, a Raleigh Democrat, called the bill a speech code and is un-American. This is so curious. So here you have a progressive that calls this speech code. Now, uh, Senator, who exactly are the proponents of speech code? Who are the ones that are telling you what you can say and what you can't say and what you must say? Who are the ones that are out there proposing that if you don't ascribe the right pronoun to someone who is a biological male but has some issues and thinks he's a female— um, who, who are the people that are proposing that that individual should be able to sue you for a mammoth amount of money because you didn't prescribe the right pronoun? Uh, who is, uh, who, who are proposing these laws that would say, if you don't do it correctly, you don't use the right pronoun, you could be fired or you have to go to sensitivity training. So if you see a man six foot two with a beard and you call him sir, and he wants to be called ma'am, 
Who is proposing these those speech codes law? It's not conservatives. This bill is founded on the unfounded fear of critical race theory, the senator said during the Wednesday Senate Education Committee. Quote, this bill, I believe, attempts to do away with the so-called critical race theory, but I, what I really fear, it does away with its uh, critical thinking in our classroom. Again, uh, it's, it's not conservatives that want to do away with true critical thinking. And by the way, uh, liberals do not want kids to think. They want kids to be indoctrinated. In addition to the bill, Berger filed legislation on Wednesday to put on the ballot a state constitutional amendment saying the state shall not discriminate against or grant preferential treatment to any individual or group on the basis of race, sex, color, ethnicity, or national origin in the operation of public employment, public education, or public contracting. Berger said the amendment would show how North Carolina is affirming our commitment to the principles of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Affirmative action is used in North Carolina in places such as UNC Chapel Hill, which says an applicant's race is important but not dominant, and, it's essential, and it is essential to improving diversity on campus, which enhances student academic experience. The federal, there is a federal lawsuit challenging North Carolina Chapel Hill's admission policy, and it's ongoing. You know, this is interesting because and again, I, I refer back to uh, when I sued the FCC, a very similar situation where you had affirmative action. Now, my case on the FCC was based on gender, not on race. But what happens is these institutions like UNC Chapel Hill or other institutions, by the way, uh, similar um, hearings have gone before the Supreme Court, similar colleges, uh, state university, not, not North Carolina, but I think it was Michigan, and I think there's one in Texas, that got to the Supreme Court, and, it's, and the Supreme Court ruled that colleges cannot use racial preference when either hiring or when admitting students into the uh, university. But yet they continue to do it. And they do it under the umbrella of, well, it's not, you know, it's, it's not decisive, but it's important. Well, quite frankly, you shouldn't even have it on the application if it's illegal. But they do. So it doesn't matter. I mean, these people totally ignore the law. The Supreme Court can come out and say, that, that's unconstitutional. You can't do that. And, and they say, oh, okay. And they do it anyway. And part of the problem is when they do it anyway, nobody is held responsible. It happens over, I mean, I, I'm constantly harping on this, but it, nobody's ever held responsible. They just go on and, oh, I'm sorry, do over. Oh, I apologize. And they'll do it again. And until you personally hold the person that made the decision to break the law, until he feels the pain or she feels the pain of breaking the law, they're going to continue to do it. Three-fifths of the Senate and the House would have to agree to put the amendment on the ballot for the 2022 primary election. Roy Cooper cannot veto constitutional amendments. Berger said these steps are needed because critical race theory has become ascendant in American culture and in the parts of North Carolina. North Carolina school districts have denied teaching critical race theory, Berger said, that uh, schools may not be teaching the doctrine, but they're teaching it. Represented, uh, rather, um, 
Republican Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson said the task force he created to document cases of indoctrination in schools will be released in a report next week. He said teachers have been reporting how they've been required to teach concepts they fundamentally disagree with. The issue of indoctrination in our classrooms is real, Robinson said. It's not someone's figment of someone's imagination. It's happening all across the state, unfortunately. Terry Stoops, a member of Robinson's task force, told lawmakers that they received reports such as students getting assignments, talking about whiteness and science, and being forced by teachers to accept that denying the role of racism makes you a racist. In May, the House passed a bill that would put new rules on how the public schools teach about race and history. It prohibits teaching concepts such as promoting that, quote, the United States was created by members of a particular race or sex for the purpose of oppressing members of another race or sex. House Bill 324 was reviewed by the Senate Education Committee on Wednesday, but no vote has happened yet. The House bill would be modified to include additional things that schools can't report. The list of uh, 13 concepts includes, not limited, but includes, uh, the United States government should be violently overthrown. That's a concept that they're not going to uh, promote. Uh, these Again, these are concepts that schools can't promote. Particular character traits, values, moral or ethical codes, privileges, or beliefs should be ascribed to a race or sex or to an individual because of the individual's race or sex. The rule of law does not exist, but instead is a series of power relationships and struggles among racial or other groups. Again, you cannot be teaching that. You cannot be teaching that all Americans are not created equal and are not endowed by the Creator with a certain unalienable certain unalienable rights, including life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and government should deny any person within the government jurisdiction the equal protection of the law. Um, Surprisingly, though, there are Democrats out there. Joyce uh, Waddell, Mecklenburg County Democrat, said the bill will do the opposite of what supporters says will happen. They're working to uh, um, oppose this bill. (laughs) Can't make it up. Uh, and this was reported in the uh, News and Observer. So uh, if it's it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Again, they need two thirds to get it passed. Will any Democrats come over and uh, agree with it? I think so. We'll see. Hey, we got to take another time out. Lots more to talk about. Love to hear from you. Five six one eight two five five. Stay with us. News and views. Be right back. of question marks. There's a lot of questions. Why? How? No logic, no reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Worst nightmare of their lives. This long nationwide nightmare. We'll start collecting clues as to the whys, the whats, and the wheres. Neighborhood by neighborhood. Literally knocking on doors. This is your worst nightmare. The nightmare. It would be a nightmare. Worst nightmare. We will not end the nightmare. We'll only explain it. Explain to us. Because this. This. This is News and Views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. You know, it might be a nightmare for the Democrats. MSNBC anchor Stephanie Rule had an entire segment yesterday talking about how even though the next election 
for Congress. It's two years away. Well, not quite two years away. Two years from November. Uh, she's got a bad feeling. And uh, one of the reasons she might have that bad feeling was there was a special election, a state election. It wasn't for federal office. It was state office down in Georgia. And the uh, Republicans got a big win. Not so much for uh, the Democrats. Georgia Republicans got a big win over Democrats in a special election for State House Tuesday night. Republican Devon Seaball defeated Democrat Priscilla Smith in an election for House District 34 with 63% of the vote. Former Senator Kelly Loeffler, who recently launched a nonprofit organization aimed at registering and reaching voters, Greater Georgia celebrated GOP's win. Loeffler's group played a major role in turning out the Republican votes. She congratulated Devon Seaball. And uh, while I don't want to take anything away from Kelly Loeffler's efforts, kudos to her. Glad she's doing it. I, I think the wind was behind Loeffler's sales and uh, Seaball's sales as well because of all the idiotic things that the Democrats are doing. Democrats basically think they have to be your nanny and they have to tell you how to do everything. They have to tell you when to get up, when to go to bed, what to eat, when to eat, when to go to the bathroom. Stacey Abrams, of course, she was uh, her organization, Fair Fight. (laughs) That's an oxymoron. Um, Yeah, she got sort of the the pie in the face. But there's so many things going on right now that are just idiotic from what they're doing with the economy, what they're doing with masks, what they're doing with the Middle East, the fact that we've got a president that the average American knows he's not all there. They know he's a puppet. They know he's you know, taking a nap at two, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, that he can't make any real decisions, that if Jill Biden isn't there escorting him, he'd get lost somewhere in the one of the hallways of the White House. The American people aren't stupid. See, Republicans, on the other hand, think, no, the American people, let them, let them keep their tax money, let them make their own decisions. We don't have to dictate. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that Democrats, the ones who told us for decades, you can't legislate morality, and now they want to legislate everything that you do and say. And the Americans are sick of it. They're tired of it. They're tired of Fauci. They're, 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 tire, they're tired of Roy Cooper. And his lot is, you know, and, and I think that's the reason why. I mean, I agree with Stephanie Rule. I think Democrats are going to get a shellacking. We don't have to worry about campaigning. We don't have to worry about coming up with the right issues. We just have to be concerned that we actually have a fair and honest election. The reason why the Democrats are in there, the re- and I've said I've been very consistent on this. I do not think Joe Biden is the legitimate elected president of the United States, and that's an, that's another thing. I think the v- vast majority 
of Americans at least think that there was underhandedness in the last election. Now, I don't know if a majority of them would say that it, it turned the election, but the majority of them would recognize that there's underhandedness took place in the last election. They see that and they're sick of it. And they know which party is doing it. They know which party is defunding the police. They know which party is coming out and rioting and encouraging the rioting. They're tired of it. They're sick of it. And look, it's not a racial issue. Exhibit A, Larry Elder, black conservative. He announced yesterday he's going to be running against Newsom out in California for the governorship. You want to spend a couple of extra dollars? Send some money to Larry Elder. I, I'm look. We're North Carolina. I know it's you know that that's a whole country away. Cut him a check for twenty five bucks. Send it out to him. It's it's not a black white issue. <laughs> you know they're they're saying oh you know this is, is a racist country. We elected Barack Obama. We're we're a black racist country, especially here in the South. We elected Mark Robinson. By the way, the Federals ran an interesting article a couple days ago. Just the evidence is becoming more and more overwhelming down in the Georgia election, which, again, it was not only affected the presidential election, but it also affected the Senate. We have those two rogue senators, Warnock and uh, his sidekick, which I... <laughs> just went brain dead. I can't remember what the other guy's name is, but, um, they, they have come out now and just more and more, they, they just, it's overwhelming evidence. They've gone back and these ballots that have been scanned twice, they have now have overwhelming evidence that they've been scanned multiple times. They have overwhelming evidence that some 35,000 Georgians voted illegally you know, the, the state of Georgia under the guise of COVID. What a load of baloney that was. Under the guise of COVID, we have to just send out absentee ballot after absentee ballot, and people got them and voted who knows how many multiple times. But we know for sure there's a uh, guy out there um, named Davis, uh, Mark Davis, president of the Data Productions Company, Inc. Uh, they, they do analytics for uh, voter data. And he says um, there is potentially over 35,000 Georgians who had voted illegally. They did not vote. They, they weren't living in the county that they said they were in. And that number is actually going up as new data is uh, it comes in. Those are the kind of things. And look, people, you know... The Democrats can say all they want. The, the media can say all they want that, oh, Donald Trump, you know, he, he made it all up. And, you know, they, they saw what happened on January the 6th. They see the double standard of how the law is being applied to the people that were protesting on January 6th versus the people who were rioting and burning down cities. The Americans are not dumb. Americans are not stupid. They see the, the double standard, and they're sick of it. And I think that's why you're going to find out come November of 2022, yeah, I think the Democrats are going to get a shellacking. 
And again, I, the, the key is not campaigning. The key is making sure we have fair elections. In Texas, they want to have fair elections. There is legislation down in Texas, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen the picture of those clever, clever, witty Texan Democrats, state senators and Congress and House members fleeing from Texas so that Republicans cannot pass election integrity legislation. You've probably seen the picture. They're all sitting on the plane with their big cheesy grins. Did you notice anything interesting about that picture? They're sitting there. Somebody got up and said, oh, smile for the camera. Chartered plane full of these state legislators flew up to Washington, D.C. They said they're going to, and they, they act like they're hostages. Oh, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're the freedom fighters. We're, we're doing this for the freedom of America, for the freedom of Texas, because we don't want people to be disenfranchised. Go look at that picture. It's something really interesting. What's missing? Not a one of them, not a one of them have a mask on. Which, by the way, there is a fine of up to $35,000 per incident of not wearing a mask on a charter airplane. Now, I'm not proposing that masks are the uh, end all, but these are the same people that would have passed this legislation or the bureaucratic mandates of some agency saying if you don't wear a mask on a charter plane, you can be fined $35,000. Not to worry, because again, we have a double standard when it comes to applying the law. If you're a liberal Democrat, eh, no big deal. Don't, don't you worry about it. You just do whatever you want. You pass your laws, and we're not going to apply them to you. We're strictly going to apply them to conservatives, to Republicans. If, if, they, if they break the law, uh, we'll lock them up, and we'll make sure that they pay every dime of the 35000 Liberals, nah, you tricky, tricky liberals, don't worry about it. Wow. Biden singled out Texas Republicans in March. He said that they were Neanderthal thinking because they said that people should not have to wear masks. Well, the Democrats from Texas are not wearing masks in their chartered airplane. Well, isn't that special? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, let's, let's take another time out. We come back. Um, Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki. She does not want to condemn communism in Cuba. It's just mismanagement. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you, Jen. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Congratulations to Rocky Baker. He is uh, a uh, amateur fisherman up on the Roanoke River. He and his buddy Justin Clifton, um, they might be listening in. Congratulations, guys. They now hold the state record reeled in a 127-pound catfish last week. Wow. Apparently, they let it go. They officially weighed it so they could get in the record book. 127-pound catfish. That is a lot of fish. Jen Psaki has refused to condemn communism in Cuba, as um, Jesse Jackson would call it. 
blames mismanagement on the government. So it's not communism, it's strictly mismanagement. Do you think that people are leaving Cuba because they don't like communism? I think we've been pretty clear that we think people are leaving Cuba or not leaving Cuba or protesting in the streets all as well because uh, they are opposed to the oppression, to the mismanagement of the government in the country. And we certainly support their right to protest. We support uh, their efforts to speak out against their treatment in Cuba. She would not condemn communism. She said that it was mismanagement. And this is this is a big deal. She would not come out and and, and look, there are plenty of Republicans that have come out. Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, who both are, you know, their families are from Cuba. They've come out and said it's communism is the problem. Saki wouldn't say, oh, it's mismanagement. They just haven't done it the right way. Their version of communism just wasn't. But if we could do it here, we'd get it right. Yeah, just that's just, mismanagement. They're not managing their communism right. By the way, Florida residents are using their own boats and attempting to supply the protesters with food and aid as the uh, pro-democracy protesters in Cuba continue uh, this will be interesting. I mean, you know, it, it, Cuba does not have a powerful hammer that like a communist China or even a Russia has. I mean, this this country is ripe for having protesters have a pro-democracy revolution. Gateway Pundit is reporting our nation's uh, school systems insist that children who have very little chance of catching COVID and even less chance of having a severe case of COVID and basically a zero chance of dying of COVID, but yet they must wear a mask, right? We all know that. Well, now the Gateway Pundit is reporting that in the Chicago school system, not only is it mandatory that you must wear a mask in school, but now the Chicago Public School Systems is making it mandatory to provide free condoms to fifth graders. Fifth graders! <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, you think that school choice uh, is... Uh, this is another exhibit of why parents are voting Republican. You think uh, school choice, homeschooling, is uh, going to be more popular? I think so. It's this kind of craziness that's making it popular. Hey, thanks for being with us. Good to be back. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Play a little political trivia. Don't forget, Embers down on the Town Common in Greenville starts in three and a half minutes. We'll see you later. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.